0: So if you are coming here for the first time, you've just come when we're doing the topic you need to hear. Yeah. The topic you need to hear, we've been dealing with the mastery of warfare. Uh, the reason why we're calling it a mastery of warfare is because the war does not end. Whether you win this one, there'll be a next one. So you better just know it. Okay, it's better you just know it. Praise God. And we looked at um, Ephesians chapter number six which tells us we do not fight against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And we took time to do an exposition on principalities, right? And I spent time teaching you that principalities are fallen angels. Okay, they were a, they were part of the angelic class called, it comes from the word "arK," from where we get the word archangels. So these were angels who are major, they were big, they are huge, and they had great responsibilities. I believe some of them were responsible over planets and galaxies. And some of them were responsible over uh, uh, um, lands and territories. So when Satan deceived a third of them, that's why Satan is called the deceiver. Can you imagine? He deceived a third of very pure beings and caused them to think they can actually successfully do a coup d'etat against God. They revolted against God. But then Michael, the Bible says, Michael and his angels fought, okay? So FYI, it was not God doing that fight. God was sitting on his throne. Then he told Michael, can you deal with this guy? Because if God stood up to fight, I don't think the universe would be ready. So he just said, no, Michael, do your thing. <clears throat> That's why I tell you that there are angels we have not yet seen, because the Bible also speaks of an angel who tied Satan and threw him down and, and, and tied him for about a thousand years. An angel, not angels. So there are dimensions of angels we are yet to experience as the times are going by, and I've I've, I've, I've personally been experiencing that because I've been sharing with you how that in this day and age, the host of heaven that we are working with is more. So you have no reason to fail. You have no reason to struggle because you're not alone. All you have to do is acknowledge that. Today, I want, us to go, uh, I want us to look at something else, but in the same line, because what I want to do, you know, the purpose of every uh, prophetic ministry is to awaken people, is to awaken people to the reality of the realm of the spirit. And giving people prophetic words is part of it. But when that prophetic word is done, the strategies, the methods, and the maneuvers to live in this physical realm and still have an advantage in the realm of the spirit comes by learning. So apart from giving you prophetic words, one of the purposes of every prophetic ministry is to give you a train to be able to do business and to transact in the realm of the spirit so that you are not a, a, a victim of circumstances and you are not a victim of what happens in the realm of the spirit. When the Bible says we do not uh, wrestle, somebody say wrestle, when the Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, Paul spoke in such terms that the moment people spoke, that the moment he spoke, he didn't need to overexplain because he used words that they understand very well. Then he says against principalities, against powers. He didn't need to mention, to, to explain very well because people understand. It's like when I tell you, and I'm giving examples, say so we, we are not fighting against people, but we are fighting against presidents. They know the power of a president, against mayors then I tell you we are fighting against members of parliament in the realm of the spirit. You Immediately have an idea of the kind of powers and the kind of structures that these people have. And so when Paul <coughs> was saying we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, the word wrestle there comes from a Greek practice. In the old days, there was, um, they, were, they used to have wrestling, they used to have boxing, and they also used to have another form of... Uh, of wrestling, I've I've, I've forgotten its Greek name. But what used to happen is, not it's not this kind of boxing that you have. What they would do is they would fight and you're not supposed to give up. Sometimes they would break each other and the purpose of that fight, they would be in that ring. They used to call them games. But the purpose of that boxing was to bring your opponent to a submission. Your opponent must submit. And so they would fight, and they would use knuckles. Sometimes they would tie themselves with straps, and with those straps, they would, put, um, <clears throat> they would put nails in between their knuckles. And there's a story of a man in one of those boxing matches who was hit, and all his front teeth were knocked out. But instead of surrendering, he decided to swallow them, because your opponent must not see weakness, and those things were normal in those wrestling matches that they used to have, and that was just boxing. And then the next one the next so he had to fight because you have you you have to bring your opponent to a submission okay the next kind was a wrestling in the wrestling match they were allowed to use clubs to use swords you have to bring your enemy to a submission even 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 if they choose to die that's the way they're going to submit and then they were not giving up they were they they would they would kill each other they would do things and then the final one that was a That was a wrestling match. Now, the final one was the worst. It was gruesome. And some people, if you look at those paintings, they are painted without an ear, some of them without a nose, because of the fights they used to have in the third realm of this wrestling. They would use anything. They they they, They would come with clubs. They would come with swords. If you have to cut off a limb from your friend, cut it off. But even if they cut you off, do not surrender. Go back and still fight with one limb. That is what they used to call to the death. You know, I'm sure you've noticed when we you are, you are watching wrestling, and then they're saying money in the bank, then they have to cage them. I don't know what they call it. And then they have to fight till one is defeated. But that's just submitting and you're tired. But the one they used to have, the, the original one, <laughs> you had to submit even unto death. And don't show your enemy weakness. This one is, a, so only those who passed boxing, and do pass the wrestling match, went to the final one. That one was do or die. Okay, so when Paul said we are not fighting, we're not wrestling against, he wasn't saying it's just a game of soccer. He was referring to those kinds of games. That means he was describing the kind of fight we are in, number one, and the kind of enemy that we are having, and the rules of engagement. That means these are your sworn enemies and they are willing to break your leg just so that you can submit. They are willing to come back after you beat them just so that you can submit. They hate you with a hatred that even the word hatred will need mentorship for you to understand it. There's no word even in the Greek. You know when you stand next to an evil spirit, I've stood against one before. So now what I'm telling you is a mystery. You know how when you stand when you stand near a, an iron, which is hot, you can feel it before it comes to your skin. <laughs> you can feel the hatred from the spirit. It's not, it's not just, you know, when, when, when your fellow human being, let's say your ex hates you, when your ex hates you, sometimes you don't even know. You can meet and they're showing you teeth. <laughs> <laughs> the biting is behind. But then this one, <laughs> this one, When you stand against an evil spirit, you feel the hatred, the way you feel the heat from a hot iron. You feel it, it's emanating. And don't think, some people ask questions. Some people ask questions, they say, what if Satan decided to repent? He will not repent, neither will evil spirit repent. Remember, what God said is, I'll put enmity between your seed, the seed of the woman, and the seed of the serpent. That is to mean that the, the enmity that we have with the enemy has been anointed by God. God himself anointed that kind of enmity, so they hate you. So if you're saying, oh, I'm tired, I've been broke for some time, I've been dealing, why can't these things just leave me alone? (laughs) (laughs) They hate you, number one, because you are a human being. That's why the Bible says the enemy is looking for whom to devour, like a roaring lion. It doesn't say the believer, it says whom. So number one, hatred is because you are a human being. How dare you be made in the image and likeness of God? Us, we are not. That's number one. Number two, you are dare born again. You dare get saved. How dare you give your life to Christ? That's a whole new fight altogether. And you need to understand that the more you are born into a fight, the moment you get born again, these enemies don't care. You are freshly born again. You are fresh. You don't know tongues. You've got questions. You love Jesus but you just want to take a to people they don't care the fact that you are born into the family of god they notice it in the spirit you are a royal priest they notice it you've got the image and likeness of god it doesn't matter you are ignorant you are in, on level 10 in the spirit but your knowledge is on level -2 when the enemy comes at you he will come with level 11 kind of attack so that's why come, come people say, no, but why am I going through this? It's not like I'm even a preacher. It doesn't matter. As long as they see, can you imagine Jesus was a baby? Jesus was a baby. Imagine the attacks he was having. <clears throat> they didn't care this is a baby. They went at him with everything in them, looked for him, caused the death of a lot of kids. Below two, below two. Can you imagine the thousands that were killed just because some Jesus was born somewhere, they were looking for that Jesus, they were looking for that Jesus. So Jesus was a baby, he was a baby. (laughs) But they were attacking him as if he was an entire kingdom. So you are dealing with a kind of kingdom that is coming at you, don't say you are just in first year. They are coming at you with everything in them, just so that you can submit. And sometimes if they notice that you are too much, they will want to kill you. Okay, just die, you go to heaven. They don't care. So that you just, they hate your impact. They hate your impact. What they want is for you to make no impact at all. So they, they will force you into submission. They will force you out of the faith. They will force you out of your consistency. They will force you out of a, a, a proper thinking pattern. They will force you until you, be, you become like anyone else. Just stop with this, your prayer. Stop with this, your church. Ah! And remember what I told you, it's a wrestling. And that kind of wrestling, they will use anything that they can find, your best friend, your parents, anything in their way, your ex, anything. They will use anyone and anything just to pull you down. When you read the Bible, you will get a sense as if, Satan really tried to reach Adam, but he failed. So what he did was go to Eve and he failed. So what he did was go to the kettle until Eve could not recognize the kettle. And Adam could not realize the serpent in Eve's voice. So he he kept trying, he kept trying until it worked. So it's not an enemy who just say, oh, she got born again. That's cute and it's sucking his thumb in hell. In other words, if you're going to deal with the enemy, you equally have to force him to submit. This is why sometimes I see some of these prayers. You make a gluzdi shanalala. <laughs> Shangolulu. <laughs> Sis. Then when we look at the things you are dealing with, sometimes I just wish people could see in the spirit some of the things they deal with. You see your... Mem- you change. Your life will never be the same again. You wonder, me, what have I done to deserve this? I was a little child, a little child, but you have no idea the kind of sicknesses I used to have. I would would wonder, why, why am I going through this? It was a destiny. Because if I was taken out, it means you wouldn't be here to hear the word of the Lord. That means you can be anywhere. It means if Jesus was taken out, where would the whole world be? So the aim is greater than just your pain. The aim is to thwart, annihilate, obliterate, send into oblivion, all the impact you were ever designed to make. And this is an enemy. You have to use anything, the power that you've been given, anything within your power to bring him to his knees. You have to be forceful. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 the Bible reads in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep or was on the face of the waters I want you to follow me, because I want to show you something, some theological suggestions. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. So, um, let me read this other part. Then it says, verse 3, Then God said, somebody say, then God said. Then God said. Let there be light and there was light. And God saw that, that the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament. Everybody say firmament. Firmament. So the word firmament means heaven, okay? So you've learned a new word. When you go back home, you call your girlfriend, and you tell her, you are like the firmaments to me. <laughs> and if she doesn't understand, it's over. How does she not know the firmaments? And the church said, Amen. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Hmm. This portion of scripture seems to pose a few interesting questions. Number one, the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. All right, God created the heavens and the earth. That's that's a perfect picture. Why? Because it's consistent with the character of God to create orderly things. But then, immediately, verse 2 tells us the earth was without form and void. The earth was without form and void. Okay? And darkness was on the face of the deep. Okay? That's very interesting. That's very interesting. How can a perfect God create an earth that is formless, like a mass, just a disorganized mass, and void? That means empty. When you're studying the Bible, you need to know that the Bible is like a jigsaw puzzle. And the Bible is, is, is in pieces, it's a little here, a little there. So you have to put it together to see the whole picture. That is why the full counsel of the Word of God is expressed in the entire, inter- entirety of the Scriptures. When you're reading the Bible, you just can't pick one part and form a truth out of it. You need to see, even the Bible itself says, at the, at the, at the testimony of two or three witnesses, the truth is established. Okay? For example, <clears throat> when Solomon says, when a man dies, no one knows where he goes. So he's like an animal because no one knows whether his spirit goes up or it goes down. So you realize that you can't say that when a person dies then they are dead like a dog or any other animal. Because as you go on to read the New Testament, you know Jesus Christ said, there was a man named Lazarus and a rich man. The Bible says they died. But then immediately the Bible begins to tell us that there was a life after. So you have to realize that Number one, revelation is progressive. Then number two, you have to use truth and truth and truth to come up with truth. That's why there are certain things that are written in the Bible, and because they're expressed once, we do not make a practice out of them. For example, Jesus Christ spitted on the ground and formed mud, and then he put it in someone's eyes, and they began to see, they were blind. It doesn't mean that we have to now start making a ministry where we are spitting on the floor for every blind person. (laughs) The Bible says they shall drink a deadly thing and it shall not do them any harm. We don't make it a doctrine now to say, no, we're going to start a drinking competition of poisonous drinks so that I can show you. In other words, we believe that if we drink anything deadly, it will not do us any harm, but we don't make a practice of it. But then the Bible shows us, for example, that we shall lay our hands on the sick and the sick shall be healed. The apostles did it. The people of all did it. That means we can also do it as a matter of practice. So when you are studying the Bible, you have to learn to put pieces together, otherwise you will lose yourself. So there's the work of the Spirit, and then there's also studying. There are things that the Spirit of God did in the moment. For example, one time the Spirit of God instructed Moses to kill a snake and to lift it, and everybody who looked at it after a snake bites them, they are going to be healed. Imagine your pastor that day comes with a snake, a symbol of a snake. That was Pastor Moses and he lifts it, you know. So you have to know the things that we are done once. And then there are things that the Spirit of God will ask you to do once in a while. But it doesn't mean you make a practice out of them. For example, I don't believe that you always have to give people water for them to be healed, at least not in this church. Now, if other people believe it, maybe that's, that's their confession. I believe that you should speak the word. I also believe that, you know, you should lay the hands on, on the sick, okay? Now, sometimes the reason why the apostles gave water and they gave uh, the cloth was because people were afar. You get my point. And, but sometimes the power is in our cloth. But we don't make a practice out of it to the extent that that day if we do not have a, an extra hunky then we can't pray for a person. Because some people now begin to think their power is in the hunky. So we need to be careful to raise people's faiths properly. Are you following me? Yes. Ministers, are you following me? Yes. You teach people. You teach people because you find every time now someone will become coming with like a bottle of oil. That means their faith now is in the bottle. And the moment the bottle empties itself, then the person's power is finished. Okay? The Bible says, but the word is in your mouth and in your heart, and you should speak it. And the Bible says, with the same spirit of faith, I have believed, therefore have I spoken. So we should, we should not minor in the majors and major in the minors. We should give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. Somebody say, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. There's a difference between practice and revelation. One time, we were praying for a certain lady. We prayed for a lady, we prayed for the lady, nothing was happening. So my spiritual father said, go outside, because I think he was tired of me. (laughs) We were in a meeting. So we went outside. Fire, fire, nothing was happening. (laughs) (laughs) Brimstone, charcoal, nothing was happening. So I was just about to say, I know some things um, they do progressively, and then leave her. And then the Spirit of God said, Punch her. I was like, Hmm? <laughs> I wanted to say, uh, <laughs> He said, Can you punch? Then I hit her right on the place where the husband, boom! And there were a number of guys. Oh, they all looked at me. <laughs> then suddenly she said, ah, I can't feel the pain, it's gone. And I was like, Ah, you know, I knew. <laughs> <laughs> just Obedience, obedience, obedience. These things we we move by the direction of the Spirit. You know what I mean. But I don't make a practice every time I call you here. (laughs) Where's the pen? No. So those are special ministrations of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So there are things that are consistent with God that when certain things happen, you can't say that it is God who did them because the study of the scriptures tell you that this is inconsistent with the person of God and it therefore gives you the authority to question. That's why the Bible says to test every spirit. When the spirit of God taught us to test every spirit, he is too a spirit, so he put himself in the line. No wonder he says in the book of 1 Corinthians 12, when a prophet is speaking, some should judge. There's a way to judge a prophetic word. Some of you, were told by a prophet, you, thus saith the Lord, thou shalt be my wife." <laughs> and immediately you are now in pain, you don't know what to do because the Lord has spoken. But what does the Bible say? The moment that Abraham in the scriptures sent his servant to find a wife for his son Isaac, because Isaac did not have a story, why were they finding a wife for him? Anyways, those are my conclusions. <laughs> And Abraham just knew it. See, in he not one day. Quarter, then I'm not seeing a girl, not even text messages. I don't even find him laughing anyhow. In the, in the, and he's never on his phone. He's just working in the field. Hey, can you, and he said, if you, you will find an, an angel of the Lord who will go before you, then he asked, if, what if she refuses? And then he says, if she refuses, you come back. That means, sis, even if 13 angels spoke to him and pointed and said, he's the one. But you don't want, you are not forced, because marriage is not a forcing matter. It must come from your heart. I know there's there's some sisters who are free, because some brother had a dream. This is why, look at this, in the New Testament I told you, in the New Testament we are not led by dreams. God can, can give you a leading by a dream, but it's not ultimate. The Bible calls the scriptures a more sure word of prophecy. So you have to know what does the Bible say about this. Are you listening to me? Yes. Otherwise, you'll be in a marriage, one person will be happy, the other one will be sad. Yes. Now, in a marriage, both of you have to be happy. Because many things happen. So if you're not happy, <laughs> I don't know what will be happening. When all is said and done. And nobody is with you. You are just the two of you. Praise God. I'm sure the congregation is filling in the blanks. So you, 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 you are free to know. But you guys also. I'm not saying God cannot lead you through a dream. But game. You need to know how to talk to someone. Even if God speaks to you, don't, don't just say "Say no more, Lord. <laughs> say no more. You haven't going. The Lord spoke once, thrice I heard. Then <laughs> you just reach there. You've not even taken. Oh uh, yeah. So I, I was, as I was in the belly of the glory. <laughs> I suddenly heard in the realms. Then a dimension came out. Then I heard a voice as if a rushing mighty waters. And I knew it was the Lord because He said, Pursue and overtake. (laughs) Then when I wondered what the Lord meant, I suddenly saw, I beheld, as if in a mirror, You were coming out. god spoke to me about my wife but i was like a spiritual father to her so imagine if i just went and said um flesh of my flesh (laughs) i asked god can you speak to her god said you're a man can i go deeper So no one should force anyone into a marriage. No one should force anyone into a And no one should be in a hurry to be in one. You look at the consistency of the scriptures and what they teach. This is why you need to be educated in the things of the spirit. And the church said? And so there are things that are consistent with the character, essence, and person of God that when we see otherwise, we begin to question, what is this? So when the Bible says, uh, God created the heavens and the earth, because of the, his personality, we immediately assume that this was a picture of perfection. Because God, number one, the Bible tells us in the book of 1 Corinthians, number 14, verse 33, that God is not the author of confusion. That means God cannot create a mass that is empty and has no form, and there's just darkness And there's water everywhere God is incapable of doing that when God creates anything we know from the Bible that it is something that must be orderly shout I hear you you. the Bible also shows us in the book of Isaiah 45 verse 18 when it says for thus says the Lord that that created the heavens God himself that formed the earth and made it he established it he created it not in vain he formed it to be inhabited. So God in, he formed the earth so that it could be inhabited. How come it was not inhabited? How come there was nothing that was in the earth? <clears throat> in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, verse 2. The earth was without form and void. Now, I'm going to um, submit to you something very interesting. And, and, and by the way, Uh, the, The word without form and void comes from a Hebrew phrase, tohu and tobu. They are normally used in the Old Testament to use a place of chaos, formlessness, emptiness, and a wasteland. Okay? Tohu and tobu. That's tohu, when it says it was formless and void. Now, I'm going to submit to you something very interesting. When, when you read the Bible and it says in verse 2, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. The word was is the word haya. Now, the word haya has got a number of meanings when you study it uh, in the Hebrew. Somebody say, I'm ready. I'm ready. If you're happy and you know, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know, and you really want to show. If you're happy and you know, clap your feet. <laughs> the word higher has got a number of meanings. Number one, when you study the Strong's Concordance, normally it is used for the word, it came to pass. It came to pass. It also is used to mean something came into existence but it also means something became. For example, when the Bible says in the book of, um, in the book of Genesis chapter 19, verse 26, it talks about Lot's wife. When she looked back, the Bible says, Haya, she became a pillar of salt. Now when something becomes, it also means it was, then it became, so initially, Lot was a normal hum- Lot's wife was a normal human being, and she was walking and she had eyes and she had features of a human being like anyone. But when she looked back, she became something else. That means before that, she was something else. Are you following me? Another place that we can look at is uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, when the Bible says, and God breathed into man the breath of life, and the Bible says, and man became a living being. Man became, the word is higher. That means he was something before, but he became something now. So it means the spirit which God created, he put in the earth suit or the body that he formed, and then that man who was a spirit being became now a living being in the context of living on the face of the earth. Somebody say, I hear you. I hear. And so it makes sense if we use became to in the context of Genesis chapter number one verse 2, where it says, the earth became. That means it was something before it was perfect, but it became. The question we ask is, why did the earth become void and formless? The earth became void and formless. Between verse 1 and verse 2, there are millions of years. Probably even billions of years that happened. In the creation of God, there have been ages that he has created. This is why the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter number one, verse three, that by faith we understand that the worlds, I've told you more often than not, that the word worlds is the word aeon, there are a number of words that describe the word worlds in the Greek, and one of them is aeon, another one is cosmos. Another one is oikomene, which means the world of people. Now, the word aeon means edges. So if we say the edge of enlightenment, when we say the regime of sata, we are talking about aeons. We're not just talking about cosmos in terms of the world. We're talking about the world of a specific period of time and certain things happen there. So it's a very specific word. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds, the aeons, were formed by the word of God. So God formed different ages. Now, these different ages described the formation of different planets, so to say, and defined the formation of different beings. For example, hmm, there there was the edge of God. That's as far as my brain can go. That's why the Bible says, by faith we understand, meaning this is not something that can be understood by evidence and by geology, but by faith. So I'm now speaking by faith. So there was the edge of God, and in the edge of God, there was only a community of the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And in their existence of strong intimacy, they were communing and they were living together in one, three separate personalities, but one being of three different essence. And they were living in one community. And as they began to live in one community, they decided, because it is within the character of God to create, they decided to create different times. Now, one of the ages, one of the aeons that God created was the aeon called eternity. So God created eternity. God did not live in eternity because God is too great even for eternity. Eternity can't contain him. So God created eternity, I'll tell you why. Because God was going to create spirits, and spirits have to be eternal. So God has to give them a time zone which fits the essence of their being. So God had to create eternity for spirit beings to dwell, and then after creating eternity for spirit beings to dwell, God created the realm of the spirit for spirit beings to dwell. So God is greater than even the realm of the spirit because he created it, so that spirit beings can transact in that dimension of existence. So God created the realm of the spirit, God created spirit beings, and then God created immortality. Spirit beings do not die. They live forever. Now, God dwells with immortality, the Bible says, but God himself is not immortal, he is edgeless. Spirits are not edgeless, they are immortal. There's a difference. When something is edgeless, it means by all means and in every measure and dimension of existence, whether time or eternity, you cannot trace its beginning, neither can you trace its end. But spirit beings have got points of creation. For example, when you read the Bible, in the book of Ezekiel, chapter number 28, beginning from verse 15, it tells us about the creation of Satan. It says, you were created with topaz, with onyx, with emeralds. He says you were perfect in all your ways from the day of your creation, meaning although Satan is immortal, although spirits are immortal, they've got a point. Let me loosely say, in the in the time zone of eternity, there is a point you can trace their creation to. That means there was a point in the form of eternity where they were created. So Satan is immortal but it's not like he has no beginning neither has he an end because that would make him god so in one of the ages or the aeons in god's creative capabilities he decided to create eternity he created immortality and he created spirit beings so that they could exist and express themselves in that dimension and we know when we read the Bible that there are different spirits that God created. Some of them we don't know about. Some of them we know about. <clears throat> for example, there are creatures, there's an there's there's age or the aeon of angels that God created. And there's a wisdom that provided for the essence of the angelic. So some of them were made out of light. Some of the angels, that's why Satan was called the light bearer. He was made, when God was creating Satan, I told you, he took he took, he took jewelries, he took jewels, he took gems, and then he put them together. Then he took light. Then he, he fashioned it together. He woven it in the very fabric of Lucifer. Then he took musical instruments and he took sound. And then he formed this beautiful being. And part of the ingredients that formed Satan was beauty and wisdom. So he took all those ingredients and he put them together and gave light to this spirit God. Lucifer. Now, Lucifer would announce... Okay, I'll get to that. Some of the other beings that God created include the creatures that we don't know about. They wield wisdom, the, the, the wisdom of God. Some of them are the for example, the Bible just tells us the eyes of the Lord move to and fro the earth. But do you know if that is an angel? Do you know if those are beings that God has created? The Bible tells us of beings that have got eyes everywhere. Creatures that are before the throne of God. That was the age of God. And God also created beings like the 24 elders. And the essence of their existence is to worship God. They ca- that's what they do. Because they were created to announce the holiness of God. Now, God also created heaven so that <laughs> God created heaven so that the beings in heaven could have an understanding of God. Because not even heaven can contain God. Every time, <laughs> every time that the angels or the, the 24 elders see him, they say holy, holy, holy. Now, I told you before that when they say holy, 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 they are not just repeating it. Every time they say holy, 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 they are seeing a new dimension of God they've never seen before. That means God consistently remains a mystery, even to those in heaven. Now, remember also that God created heaven for for spirits to dwell in, for his throne to be there also, so that people could know at least about him. Let me show you something interesting. Did you know that it's not every angel who's got access to the face of God? It's not every angel that always sees God. Do you know the God you serve? Give me 1st Timothy. Oh no. I'm going to read it for you. 1st Timothy. <laughs> 1 Timothy chapter 3, I'm going to read verse 16. Paul says something amazing here. He says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Then the Bible says, "This this is the mystery. God was manifested in the flesh. That's a mystery. Justified in the spirit. Seen by angels. The day that God was born on the earth was the first time some angels gazed their face on him. That's when they gazed their eyes on him. That's why there was super joyous celebration because they were like, "Ha! God has become a man. They couldn't, and they saw it, and they saw that they saw the face of God for the first time. This is why Peter says, concerning the things that the prophet spoke about and the salvation, says even the angels long to look into this They long to understand this. There are certain things that God does and some angels do not understand them. So it's a mystery. The Bible says "Seen of angels, okay? So we are talking about a God who created heaven. Let me give you an example of why the 24 elders are always worshiping God the way they do. Did you know that every time a person is born, their fingerprints are different one from the other? Do, do Do you realize that that's abnormal, that's strange? no two fingerprints are the same. And God has got a system that generates barcodes that always make a a person different with different giftings and personalities and mannerisms of expression. And God specifically did that for every person. So every time the 24 elders see that they're like, "Ah, (laughs) they've been with him for millions and millions of years, but they still don't understand him, then Satan thought he could overthrow him. Are you seeing that he's a clown? (laughs) So God is a mystery. And we keep understanding him more and more. Bit by bit, we keep understanding him. And you know, the more I understand something new about God, the more I become more humble because I realize the extent of my ignorance. Imagine some things I'm telling you today; I never knew them. Now I suddenly know them. You have to be humble. So that's the God that we're dealing with. Spirits are immortal, but God has got the technology, the machinery, and the software to kill spirits. Because Jesus Christ said, do not fear God. Do not fear men who can only destroy the body, but fear God who can destroy the body and follow the soul in hell and destroy it. So God can obliterate a spirit being and make it cease to exist. We can't because we can only cast out. We can only cooperate with with those spirits. But God knows how to destroy spirits. He's got the software. He's got the machinery. He's got the lab tools. To make a spirit cease to exist. So there was the age of angels. And then there was a period of time in the creation of God when we read the Bible. Where God did certain things. I want you to look at this. Uh, 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 some people went as far back as the time some things were happening. One of them is John, because you find that in the book of Revelations 12. But another one is Jeremiah. Remember what I was telling you, that when you read the Bible, it's a little here, a little there. So you put the things together and you understand. So Jeremiah is one of them. When you read the book of Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 23. The Bible reads, which is very interesting. I beheld the earth, and indeed it was without form and void. And the heavens, they had no light. Mm. Sounds familiar? I beheld the mountains, and indeed they trembled. And all the hills moved both, moved both back and forth. I beheld, and indeed, and indeed there was no man. And all the birds of the heavens had fled. I beheld, and and indeed the fruitful land was a wilderness, and all its cities were broken down at the presence of the Lord by his fierce anger. So at the fierce anger, things began to self-destruct, because this is now explained by what was happening in Revelation 12 when Michael and his angels were fighting and they were coming down to the earth. Because remember, the Bible says, and Satan was cast down to the earth. So that kind of war that happened between the fears of anger, aka the angels of God, including Michael as their lead, and Satan caused a, an annihilation of the earth. That was a fierce fight, a fierce punishment of the powers of Lucifer and everybody that followed him. And one of the things that God did, when you read Ezekiel 28, the Bible says, and I took a fire from out of you and burnt you. That means God destroyed a dimension of the essence and being of Lucifer that he stopped. So God, when he was creating Lucifer, he had, create, he had put a fire in him which even he himself never knew. And so that kind of that kind of destruction that happened on the earth is what is between Genesis chapter number one, verse one, and verse two. That is what it means when the Bible tells us, and the earth became void. It became void. It was not like that. There were beings here. Interestingly, when you study geology, geologists will tell you that the earth is more than 6,000 years old. It's millions and millions of years. But what they say is that about 12,000 years ago, there was one of the biggest and final ice ages that happened. Now, what happens during the ice ages is that the earth becomes very cold, and ice begins to fill the entirety of the earth in many cases according to their study. Does that ring a bell? That means the waters were covering the face of the earth, and there was darkness. So that is during an ice age, and that is when some said a lot of dinosaurs died. A lot of things began to there was an extinction between that period and before. Are you seeing that? Now, interestingly, interestingly, so we we can predict that probably between between 6,000 and 6,000 years ago, going back into the past, there was nothing that was happening because the earth was formless and void. And that was when the great, what they call an ice age happened. But that specific one spelled the destruction of the earth. And even the, 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 the sun was blackened. Even the mountains were destroyed. The birds were annihilated. And you couldn't find any of those creatures that were designed by God to be here. They were destroyed. There are some arguments which say that Satan was given. Because Satan used to say, I will exalt my throne above the throne of God. So Satan, I believe, was in a dimension of angelic uh, uh, beings called thrones. Now thrones are called to rule, they rule over territories, and I believe Satan was given access to rule the earth, and he would take the praises of the earth and take them up to God, and he would rule like many other angels who rule other planets. He, he was in charge of the beautiful earth, but he decided, no, I can't just be sending, be sent on errands. I have to do something. I have to be like the most. So he said, I'll ascend my throne. Then there are other dimensions of, of angels called principalities. Others are called dominions. Then others are called powers. Are you following me? And so when the earth was destroyed, 6,000 years later, I believe, God decided, let me in, so he moved from the, from the, from the aeon of, 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 of creatures that we don't know about, to the aeons of different galaxies, to the, the aeon of angels, of creating heaven, the realm of the spirit. And then he decided, now I'm going to create my super creature. God said to himself, let us create man. He now began to, he now got into the aeon of man, into the world of men He said, let us Create man in our own image, and after our own likeness, and the angels were watching. Now, at the time, the Earth was already void and it was formless, and then the dim, the, the, the spirits, the spirits that, that were angelic, had already been thrown down on Earth. Are you following? Is this boring? No. <laughs> I just want to know <laughs> whether it's boring. Please bear with me, I'm going to get to the more exciting parts, but I just thought you need to have this knowledge, okay? So God decided to create, but before that, he decided, you know what, let me organize the earth again. So the Bible says, and God said, look at this, let there be light. In other words, he wasn't creating light, he was allowing it to come out because it was darkened by what happened. Also, it's not possible for light to have been created the first time because the Bible says God dwells in inapproachable light. So light was already in existence. So now, before heaven was created, before the realm of the spirit was created, God dwelt in an environment called God. He lived in himself. That's what I believe because I don't know other things. I'll be honest with you. He lived in himself. Then he decided to now have a family. So he created heaven so that some spirits can dwell there and they could understand him. But even there, he's a mystery. Because even there, he dwells in himself. Remember the Bible says, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool." So if heaven is his throne, it can't contain him. So the Bible says light was. Now remember God also said let the heavens be and he created the firmaments. Remember the firmaments? Now there was already a heaven he was dwelling in but the one that we have here was destroyed. So God began to recreate it. And God recreated the things that he had created before. So he began to form the earth. He began to form everything. And after it's like you know every time those who've had babies before you begin putting your house in order before you bring your baby. I don't know. Before shepherd was born I decided no we need to have this we need as if you'll be seeing us because i was thinking ah we. <laughs> so i decided no we need to have a this we need to have a that we need to clean our environment because i was preparing for a baby i think it's parental instincts so even when god was about to create the earth to recreate it what he did was he was preparing for the coming of adam so that adam would say you know what and because God loved so much Adam, what he did was God brought the presence of Eden. Remember when you read Ezekiel 28, what the Bible says is, um, what the Bible teaches is, you, talking about Satan, it says he used to walk on the cause of fire, and you were in, garden the, in Eden, the garden of God. So Eden was in heaven. So what God did was he downloaded, he brought the environment of Eden, down on the earth so that mankind can exist on earth as if he was existing in heaven. Now, when God, but it's on earth. Now, this is why Adam was created to live in the environment of God. This is why also the Bible tells us that he, you know, the Bible teaches us and it implies that he would go into the presence of God before other angels to give a report on how the earth is running. We know this because when he fell, Satan took that power and took that authority according to the book of Job and he would appear before the sons of God. Where are you coming from, from earth moving to and fro? So Satan lost that. I mean, Job, um, Adam lost that and Satan took it and now he could appear before the presence of God to blame everyone, to condemn everyone. But then Jesus Christ says in Luke 10, I saw Satan fall like lightning because jesus repossessed what adam lost and satan he's an accuser but in your own mind he can't stand before the presence of god he lost it he's still an accuser but he accuses you before your conscience he can't stand in the presence of god to do what he still he doesn't have that power anymore are you following me yes. S- jesus saw it he said i fall, i saw satan fall like lightning do you know how fast lightning falls And Satan was like, yeah, joking. Jesus was prophetically speaking that I'm about to die. You don't know what I'll do to you. That's why the Bible says, concerning some of these mysteries, had they known, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But everything Jesus used to say to them, and even to the princes of darkness and their agents, it was in esoteric language. It was jargon. They didn't understand it. And Jesus Christ deliberately said in the book of Matthew 13, that so that having ears they do not hear, and having a heart they do not perceive, and having ears they do not see. It was deliberate. So Jesus had to speak in puzzle language. So that what is a mystery remains a mystery, but in plain sight. You can see it, but you can't perceive it. You can smell it, but can't taste it. And so now, what happens when Satan fell on the earth? Remember the angel said, joy to the heavens, but war to the earth and the inhabitants thereof. Because Satan and his angels have been cast out. And they know that their time is short. So what happened was when Satan came, there were different forms of angels. There were some angels called principalities. There were some angels called powers. There were some angels that were called rulers. So what he did was that he he began to distribute them depending on their strength and their capacities because he was the one who was their king. So some went to rule in the oceans. Some went to rule in the realm of the spirit. Some were ruling around. That's why it was chaotic also because darkened, bitter spirits, huge, powerful beings had been thrown down on the earth and they were in full wrath. So everything they found, they destroyed more. But God created a dimension, a part of the earth. He created it, and he downloaded heaven there, and they couldn't go there. They would just visit it like this, look at it, but they wouldn't do anything, until Satan devised a plan one day. And as you go on reading the Bible, you realize that, you realize that, I'm done. You realize that, in Genesis 6, I need to show you something. In Genesis 6, there were some angels who began to, 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 to lust on daughters of men, or beautiful ladies, so that we don't complicate anything. And they wanted to sleep with them. When they began to sleep with them, they began to produce, the Bible calls them giants, right? The Bible calls them giants. Now these giants were strange breeds because they were half angelic, half human. So you, and, and these are called the Nephilim. And people like Goliath were born from that lineage. They were huge, some of them would have six toes. But these, these were wicked at heart. They were wicked. And there was a lot of wickedness on the earth because they would kill to eat, they would rape. It was just part of their nature. They were strong. They were called men of renown, the men of old. And I believe this is where Greek mythology gets some of its superheroes. Because they were beings, you call them Zeus, but these were, some of them were fallen angels. And they came into women and they produced strange creatures. Remember your superheroes, the the Parthias, Artemis, Apollo all those, they are gods, some of them of the sea, Dionysius, god of wine and madness. So all those things. So there were, there were all these, but I believe that's where they took their myths from. So they began to give birth to strange creatures of power. And when these, God decided, remember, because when, when Satan ensured that they were multiplying everyone sleeping with men, one of, the, one of the aims was to make sure that the seed that was promised to be born of the woman is contaminated so that the earth would be unredempted. So they would just sleep everywhere and contaminate women. If you read about Zeus, he was a very promiscuous man. If he was a man, he was a god, whatever. You, if those would do Greek mythology. Because he was the father of this, he was the mother of this. He was the this of that, he was this of that. I think he's the father of Aphrodite, where you get the word Aphrodite. That's the, the goddess of sexual perversion and sex. This is, these are some of the gods that people like the Corinthian church were worshiping. In the Corinthian place, the reason why they struggled with, with sexual morality was because they even specifically had temples for the goddess Aphrodite. And they would have prostitutes around the temple serving the priests. And it was normal to them. So when some of those people got born again and they got saved, they were still struggling with those spirits. This is why a man took his, ma- his father's wife, in the church. And these spirits are so insistent because remember, they are powerful. They are half, they are, they are half spiritual, very, very, very angelic, but half human. And they were huge. When these were destroyed, so God decided to destroy the earth through Noah. When these were destroyed, I believe they became evil spirits on the earth. Now these are the demons. Many of them, these are the demons. These are the demons. Okay, they are, they are immortal, they don't die, but they are the demons. So now we have a, 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 a structure of demonic work and it's already there. Number one, principalities. Number two, powers. Number three, rulers of the darkness of this age. Number three, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly realms. Now, in the heavenly realm does not mean in heaven there are two words for the word heaven in the greek there's a one above then there's the air around us because what will they be doing in the air so they are around and remember these are powerful beings have you ever watched a movie for a greek god have you ever watched Heman? have you ever watched you know achilles have you watched how powerful they are now imagine that's the spirit that is against you it has the, the mainly so those are the demons okay now, there, I'll, I'll take you in detail next week. There is a class of evil spirits, okay, which train demons and dispatch them. So they train them. They are called Cosmocratos. It's the, let me specifically get the word before I, I tell you the wrong one. That's, I'm ending with this, I'm ending with this. Uh, and this came as a result of study, okay? So I'm not guessing things. I'm telling you what the truth is, so that you are armed. <laughs> Hallelujah! So that you are armed. Okay. Okay. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, Cosmocratos rulers of the darkness of this world rulers of the darkness of this world so these rulers are like lecturers so what they do is that they pick up the demons and then they train them so there is intense training in these boot camps (laughs) that's what it means the word comes from boot camp so what they do is they take them, then they train them. So there are some demons who have been assigned specifically to bring headaches. They, they've been trained how to bring a headache. There are some which are specifically there to wake depression. They have even been assigned, this is, they, so they sit down in class, then they are taught, this is how you bring a depression. <laughs> you study a person, you look at their weaknesses, you lurk behind them, then you strike. There are some which have been taught, which are just there to cause anger. There are people who can't control their anger. There's a spirit in charge. They've been trained to just make sure you're always upset. Are you following me? They are there. They are the ones who touch your life. They want to touch you, they want to move your heart. Some of them have been trained to just be on the roads. When the condition is right, cause an accident. And they are around us. When God created different aeons, he dwelt in none of them. But when God was creating mankind, God does not live in the 24 elders. He doesn't live in the living creatures. He doesn't live in the other galaxies. But when God, something strange happened. When God was forming man, what he decided, because man, the essence and the wisdom that created man was for intimacy. What God did was he took part of himself and put it in the earth suit this is why you can't be defeated are you listening to me the bible says you are of god little children and you've overcome them the bible does not say you are trying to overcome them the bible doesn't say you are working on overcoming them the bible says you are of god little children <laughs> hey you may be 21 years old but the the being that lives in you is not just immortal it's not just eternal it's ageless. You can't trace his beginning, you can't trace his end. In the realm of the aeon of time, you can't trace the beginning of God, neither can you trace his end. Even in the realm of eternity and immortality, even the realm of the spirit cannot contain him. He's the one who decided, for this project I'm doing, I'll be living in him. Hey, Someone say, I cannot be defeated. Child of God, when we grow to this knowledge, nothing can crush us. The Bible says, Jesus Christ said in the book of Colossians 2:15, having disarmed, do you know what it means to disarm? It means you've beaten a person. If you defeat a person, they can run away with their weaponry. But if you disarm them, it means you've beaten them, you've embarrassed them, then they are surrendering their armory. The Bible says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross, shout Hallelujah. The Bible says, other versions say, he marched them naked on the streets. Have you, did you ever attend a high school? where maybe there used to be bullying. I don't know in in your day, but he said we lived in a day when there was a lot of corporal punishment. And sometimes if you've done the wrong thing, what they would do is they would take you, then they would rub your, your cheek against the chalkboard, this side and this side. Then they tell you stand before the class you are in grade 11, but they take you to grade 8. Then they tell you, Se, Ine, Ine, Shadrick, Shadrick, Ndichipuba, Ndichipuba. <laughs> then the grade 8s will laugh, ha <laughs> ha And you'll be so embarrassed. They would reduce your confidence. I'm talking about the corporate. Opinion. How many ever experienced that? they embarrass you in front of them. That's what Jesus did! Those bullies you were thinking, the ones that you used to fear, Jesus Christ took them, and he took them in your classes, made them pass their cheeks against the chalkboard, and made them say, "I, I, principality, principality. I've lost my power, I've lost my power. Bow down to the great eights, and they bow down. Ay! Hallelujah. As if that's enough, he dropped them as prefects. Then he took that power and put it on us. He says, behold, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome Oh, Somebody shout! Listen, the reason why I'm going in detail explaining to you the beings you are dealing with is not so that we exhort them. It's so that you are aware of what you are up against and the intent and the malevolence of the beings you are fighting against. However, you do not fight from a place of defeat. You fight from a point of victory. Hey, the Bible tells me I don't know about yours, (laughs) but the Bible tells me you are more than a conqueror. It would have been good if you were a conqueror. But then you are more. Why? Because somebody conquered for you. Then afterwards put the whole armor, the victory that made him a conqueror and put it on you. You don't have to sweat. You have the victory. Somebody said, have got the victory. The Bible, the Bible says greater is he that is in you. Greater is he that is in you. Child of God it's not about you. It's about the one that is in you. It's about the one that is in you. Listen, it's not your fault that among the angels, among the elders, among the beings, God decided to tabernacle in man. That's why one day, when David had the revelation of these things, he said, "What is man that you are so mindful of him? Even the son of man that you should be so concerned about him to the extent that for the an angel fell, God was just in heaven." But when mankind fell, God decided to take out his goodness and he came down and became a human being. Hey, He didn't care, they looked down on him, they spat on him, but he still said he loved you. I don't know what you have done, I don't know what you've been through. But even if you are the only sinner, Christ would still die for you. And afterwards put authority on you. I want you to say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. world. Say, I'm a success. success. I rule over my life. I rule over over the affairs of my life. I can't fail. I can't fail. I succeed at all things. I I make my enemies be subdued before me. I I am more than a conqueror. conqueror. Say, I am producing fruit in everything I do. Say, I rule over spirits spirits. Against against my family. I rule against spirits in my, business, in my business, I ran in life. I reign. Say, I ran in, in life. Somebody begins speaking in other tongues.